you all for being here tonight. Uh, it's the first time in Stockholm Steppers. Um, my story is like how I, I don't know. I, I I've been going to meetings for over ten years now, and a little less in ACA, but uh, I come from dysfunctional families where the codependency was just as bad as the addiction. So like, uh, there's some things that happened that I always share because they were just like very important for me to develop my own disease. Like I would have been four or five when I stepped into a knife fight between my mother and my father. My father was a wild alcoholic. Um, uh, after that, they, they separated and there was abuse. Uh, but the big thing for my ACA is like my father died in this disease. He committed suicide with alcohol and drugs. And uh, that like ruined me. I had post-traumatic stress as a child. I couldn't sleep for years. I had so severe nightmares, like the terror. We talk about the abandonment being this terrifying experience i couldn't go to sleep so i couldn't perform in school because i was just exhausted i realize now that's a spiritual experience i've been having all this time because i couldn't explain it because my father was a psychotherapist so my mother didn't trust psychotherapists to help us kids it was this big secret what has happened and everybody knew uh but we couldn't talk about it so there's a big you know, the shame, I've always connected with shame, but the big thing in after my father's suicide and how we cope within the family, my mother became alcoholic and I'm a grandchild of alcoholic. So there's a lot of disease around. And uh, like when I did the steps the first time, my sponsor said, you couldn't have turned out differently. And that was sort of relieving because I've always blamed myself. I was weak because I followed in my father's footsteps. But it was like a magnetic thing. I tried to know my father by doing the things he did. And I almost died the same way when I was 14 in the gutter, drunk like a skunk, you know. So I understand now the mental illness. That's also a big secret in my family. My father committed suicide his my grandmother committed suicide and on my maternal side the suicides because of the addiction and the mental health because nobody talks about it it's that generation that you know you're not supposed to be show weakness and talk about emotions so uh, i just shut down from an early age i started drinking when i was 13 and um, i had consequences immediately alcohol poisoning and several times the police would take me home because I was somewhere passed out and um, yeah I don't know it's like I was looking for an identity outside of the family system and addiction was the only thing I couldn't resist you know uh, so there's like a, a low bottom uh, which is good in that sense that I really know my disease so I'm not afraid when I get relapse ideas or, you know, the mental health is bearing down on me because I know it's not a solution. I'm very grateful. Um, but like growing up in this oppressive environment, 
the neglect. I was always neglected. I'm the youngest of four children. Uh, and my mother is a rageaholic, so I was terrified of coming to her with my issues because I have special needs, uh, which I didn't realize until years after recovery that, you know, I need to take care of this stuff, that no one's going to love me the way I can love myself and my higher power. So, I mean, uh, the years went on and the drinking and drugging got worse. I got into worse situations and it's almost like we had to leave the country when I was 16 and I moved to Finland where my mother's family is from. And my God, Finland is such a great country to hide your alcoholism in because everybody drinks, but nobody talks about it. Like what my grandfather said to me when I was found out was like, a man doesn't apologize. I'm like, okay, maybe not the best advice to a young punk rock failure. But, you know, I was very lonely there because I couldn't relate. I'd given up on school years earlier and uh, I didn't have any friends. So I would hang with my brother's friends and they were arguing always with each other. So they were fighting and I had to pick sides and just sit in a corner like a dark cloud and just, I couldn't, I mean, I have social phobia, which gave me shame. So I thought by removing myself from social situations, I won't feel the shame, which sort of worked in the beginning. Uh, but then, you know, the addiction escalated and I started a lot of heavy drugs. And I was just like waiting for blackout to happen because I was so severe in anxiety and shame and it's, it was really bad so i have all these consequences near death experiences before i was 19 and then i just carried on for 10 more years i got sober uh let me think yeah nine years ago i stopped drinking it took a little while longer with the drugs. I was still, I was in the rooms actually doing service and going to meetings, but I was not clean. So, you know, and all the people I've lost in my family and friends, it's like when I, it's a ninth step I can't do because people, I was that sort of person. They don't want me. They don't care if I'm recovered. They don't know I've changed. All they know is the pain I caused. And I have to live with that, that, you know, that's who I was then. So I'm very grateful that, you know, this higher power came to me in a very weird way. And I went online and looked for a meeting and I found an AA meeting in my neighborhood. It was a closed meeting. It was a Spanish meeting, but they let me in. Uh, and I just felt so welcome and accepted because my experience, even with my friends and family, is like I'm tolerated. It was always like, don't talk about that. Be quiet. Why are you being difficult? And, you know, um, but, you know, I didn't stay after that first meeting. I went for a couple of weeks, a month. Then my old life caught up with me and I had this really bad, uh, like, I was out on the streets because my apartment was surveilled because uh, I was doing so much selling and everything. And I just fell apart. Uh, I was picked up by the cops trying to leave the country and they uh, locked me into a psych ward. And my family came and picked me up. Uh, 
Yeah. And then I just took some time to get back to the rooms because I remember I stopped drinking. I've been drinking myself into a blackout for like seven months every day. So I was really bad shape. And my family found out they comfort they confronted me and I was like, Yeah, fine. I went back on I had previously eaten ant abuse. Uh, so I remember because I've been to meetings and I learned the serenity prayer. So I felt like they were choking me with their presence. So I just fell to my knees and read the serenity prayer. And I have not had a drop of alcohol since. That's nine years now. Uh, but yeah, the disease is coming, baffling, powerful. So, you know, I said to myself, yeah, I'm going to sort out this drinking, but I'm not going to leave the drugs because I need them. Uh, so it took a while because like from that moment, it was seven months before I was clear headed enough to go to a meeting because I've been so shaky before. But it was nice. I mean, it was a young person's meeting. Uh, I mean, I wasn't young. I was 32, 33. Uh, but the energy was so different because I've been going to old men's meeting in the suburbs where, you know, the recovery maybe wasn't what I needed at that point. I wanted that gift of desperation that I had. Uh, and I just took a sponsor and I co sponsors because I called people every day and I was sober. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I said to my family, I'll give you a year. And then, you know, that year turned into more years. And I was like, wow, I feel so great. I really was on pink clouds for a while. But then I realized I was so shut down emotionally by never talking about my feelings because I had been going to therapy, but they were only to always telling me what to do, what I did wrong, and la 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 la. So I was like, again, being belittled and having my own reality unvalidated. You know, it was like I had no it's trust. Ten minutes. Thank you. So I came to ACA because. I read the problem and, you know, what happened was that I realized to face the shutdown, I have to be in contact with my feelings. So I went in and heard amazing recovery and the spirituality, which was, you know, kind of hard in AA was so accessible and it just, the light became more brighter and I just felt this connection and I've been working the steps twice in ACA. And I'm working now in a loving parent guidebook, and it's just like, wow, the whole book, LPG, is basically an 11th step all the way through. So I have a contact with those wounded parts in myself, my inner children, my loving parent. My critical parent can be hysterical, but I have this for understanding that makes it easier to forgive that, you know, I'm not a bad person just because I have bad you know, character traits or whatever. So my whole self-image has changed and I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm not beating myself up. Even if I'm having a bad day, it's like you've been through so much beautiful experience with your friends in recovery. So, I mean, just hold on to this because this is what makes life worth living. Thank you. Okay.